Lakeland Sports guys joining you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, where today's special is a cheeseburger special on Mondays with fries and a drink to go along with it. Uh, come on by, bring your friends with you as well throughout the week. And remember, too, they've got uh, all kinds of catering events that are going on. If you missed out, uh, make sure to get in early next time. And they'll go ahead and set it now for Christmas because he is uh, almost slam-packed full. Booking them up, booking them up. He is. Ladies here at Howard's on Main, they've done a great job. They brought me my food. I timed it this time, Chris. Took me three and a half minutes from when I ordered to when it got to the plate. So I don't know if the kitchen staff is listening to what I'm ordering <laughs> or if they're just back there uh, making sure that everybody gets their food quickly. I don't know, man. They're all back there in that kitchen, so it helps out, no doubt. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Tom Carroll, Chris Cox. we got the coach, Dan Spivey, joining us here as well from Howard's on Main and Uptown Green. We're going to be talking a little bit of college uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll tell you about the Gamecocks. Uh, Erskine, um, they're gone the way of the Emerald Vikings. It's just heartbreaking uh, to see these two clubs as of right now. And hopefully, um, you know, we can <laughs> call the Cardinal or somebody and get them to come on up, help these two teams and these two clubs out. But we'll get into both of those coming up in a little bit here. First, though, we're going to start with the high school aspect of it. And there's a lot of things that are going on. The uh, girls' swim team to have their cha state championship on Saturday. The guys is today. Uh, Emerald had – or no, Greenwood had the morning, I think, at 9 o'clock. And then uh, Emerald's uh, boys, they swim in the state championship for 3 – 1, 2, and 3A. That comes your way at 2 o'clock today as well to go along with it. So hopefully by next Thursday I'll have the results for all of that and be able to let you know. I can let you know a little bit about uh, the Emerald girls because um, – one of the moms there keeps keeps sending me stuff formerly on the team. So we'll find, pass that along for you as well. But a lot of events that are going on. You can register right now. The Dixie Youth Wrestling for uh, K-5 through 6 grade boys and girls. Um, that is uh, open as of right now. They begin Tuesday, November the 7th at 6, 10 till 8 o'clock. And that will be a Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday class that's going to be going on. And a beginner Wrestling class is going to take place on Wednesdays and Fridays starting November 8th at 6.10 till 7.30. Practices on all that will happen at the CTE gym. If you need more information, um, you can bring your membership card or you can find out how to get one. You need to contact Katie Finley. Her number, I should say her number, but her email is kfinley, that's K-F-I-N-L-E-Y at A-C-S-D-S-C dot org. Okay, so kfinley at acsdsc.org, and it'll give you all the details there. Right. That sounds fun, actually. Yep. Youth wrestling. Yep. They didn't have Getting that when I was around. No, I was just saying, they didn't have that one when, when <laughs> I was coming up either. <laughs> and now that all leads me to this, uh, kind of also to let you guys know, and I'm hoping to get uh, Coach Mons on as well, but the Greenwood High School wrestling team is going to be celebrating 50 years of wrestling that is coming up here starting on November the 29th. Um, you know, it, that's a Wednesday. That night's going to include uh, the revealing of the new competition mats that they've got out there that the Booster Club ended up purchasing. Um, and they're welcoming all the former Greenwood High wrestlers, all the former coaches and alumni to come on out and take part in all that. Um, there'll be a dinner. You'll get uh, free admittance to the uh, dual matches if you go to the dinner. If you need more information, you need to contact Coach Nick Montz. His email is m or Montz, n at gwd50.org. That's M-O-U-N-T-Z-E at greenwood50.org. Or better yet, just go to Greenwood Athletics and it'll give you all the details. I'm going to have to go back and check my annual on that and see if those facts are right. 50 years. Because that would have been the year I graduated, and I just don't remember it. 
don't remember I, wrestling. So. I, I don't remember Greenwood <laughs> High having wrestling, but now they may have. I'll, I can, but I can go back and check my senior annual, and I'll find out. All right, so we'll give you more details as they come through. But, uh, yeah, big wrestling uh, events that are getting ready to happen here in and around the Lakeland. So looking forward to all that. And then the, let's, let's start off, though, guys, with the big event that happened at the end of the week last week, and that was uh, Greenwood native Ernest Dye. You went ahead, and USC decided, you know what? You're so good. We're going to get you into our Hall of Fame. You're going to become a member of that. He was inducted with seven other folks as well, former Gamecocks that were there. And if you don't know who Ernest Dye is, guys, um, I, I know you do, but for folks that don't, he played uh, back in, what, the late 80s at Greenwood yes. High School, was on the offense and defensive line that was there, um, and, you know, and then ended up getting uh, – uh, well, going to a junior college and then end up going from there uh, and spending two years at Carolina where he, what, earned was, the first team All-American, I guess was it was? The, was the first South Carolina football player to be named all first team All-SEC mm-hmm. and All-American. So, and then was drafted in the first round, I think somewhere in the top 20 uh, with Phoenix and went mm-hmm. out there and played for a while. Four or five years, and then he was in a bad automobile accident. He's lost use of his right arm, I think. And you could tell it. They introduced him at halftime at the game Saturday. Mm -hmm. The man had, I mean, he's bigger than everybody else out there. I mean, he's a huge human being. And he comes out there with this baseball cap that's about four times the size (laughs) of a regular baseball cap, even for a man his size. But uh, it was good to see Ernest back, and uh, I think he's living down around Atlanta somewhere. He's got a son that's playing at Georgia State, uh, another one that's playing up in Illinois or somewhere like that, I think. But, uh, really good college. Player. Really good, good player. And as a matter of fact, when he was playing at Greenwood when I was there, he was in the shadow of his brother, yeah, to be Ernest. honest, Marty yeah. died. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Marty passed away. And But, like I said, they, they both were really good football players. And, and and just to see, I mean, he still dresses like he used to, man. Like you say, he'll, he'll throw that, that leather jacket on if he wants to. And he's just an, an intimidating force, especially for a little short dude like me. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's just a really good guy. Like I said, the two kids were raised – Raised really well, and like I said, they they did a lot for Greenwood football. So, uh, and then on to South Carolina. So uh, good to see him inducted. Uh, and I'm glad Tom they went. They actually did it. This was the one they wait. They they went ahead and did it before the man passed away. Yeah. You know, because he's had a couple of close calls with the car wreck, and he something else was wrong with him. Stan when he was in Phoenix, I don't remember if it was respiratory or something. But um, like I said, it, just an honor, not only for. South Carolina, but for Greenwood and, and representing our community the way he does. Yeah, can you name the other three that were inducted in the South Carolina Hall of Fame that came from Greenwood? I bet you can. Shouldn't be too hard. I mean, I would think Robert would be yep, there. Yeah, Robert Brooks Robert is in there. Brooks. He was a class of 92. Yeah. What's going on? Um, I don't know if Perlow would have been one or not. I would say. But Robert was a Robert Perlow was a DB down there. Nope, um, not yet. Oh man, Kelsey! But Kelsey hadn't been out long enough. Yeah, no, not he yet. will be one. He Kelsey Coyles will be, will yeah, be yeah. A, a player down there. I, I mean, Ramsey did not play at Greenwood, so you're thinking yeah. too hard. <laughs> Probably am. Give me a position. Being a Patriots fan, I think you you would know this one too. Oh, don't give me a position. Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I should know this. You're right. I, I should definitely know it. 
That's either going to be a tight end or a defense. Oh, uh, it's the guy out of Rock Hill, the DB. Holloway, no. No, not Holloway. Um, shoot, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. <laughs> um, I may have stumped you here. I know. I can see the guy right now. He, he's he been in the NFL for a while. Um, well, both these guys are, these are not being They'd be right retired. Now. Yeah, they would yeah. probably right be now, But he was he played a lot of years in Gilmore. Was nope. it Stefan? Nope. Uh, this is from Greenwood. Well, he was so. a Greenwood guy. No yeah, way. That's, what, that's what I'm trying to think about, Eagle, that played it. Well, being coached, but he didn't play at Green. He played he's at living, Greenwood. He's living, he is. Yeah. 1991 he went in and been okay. coached it. He was number okay. two. So, you're missing one. You're missing one. I'll give you a hint. He dresses all in red. Likes to dress in red and jogging suits. Oh, no. He's got the hair. Got the bling. From Greenwood, though. That's what's yep. killing me. Would it, be D- it couldn't be DJ. DJ Swearinger, yeah. 2013, he okay. went into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Go along DJ. with it. So there you got it. The four that get inducted. Ernest Dye, Robert Brooks, Ben Coates, and DJ Swearinger have all been indicted or inducted. And we've got some more that are going to be inducted, and we've, we've had some that in the past that probably should have been. Uh, That's what I, I was going to say. I, I think, think Robert Perlow was one of those guys – he he was a DB, I mean corner, and nobody threw his way. Uh, for some reason, he was just kind of like a Josh Norman. They just they just always went away from him, and um, so I, I don't know. I can't believe we're DJ because you and I just talked about DJ a second ago, but uh, because of it's his. All right, you guys got it. It took a little while, but you guys got it. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I just don't like I said. I don't associate like Ben Coates. I know with Greenwood, but I don't want to associate it with you. No. With USC? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that leads us to the high school games that did end up taking place this past Friday night. Uh, week 8, as they like to say, and Saluda, let's just put it where it is. Saluda came back to win. They they found a way. After getting blown out by Strom Thurmond, they found a way to come back and end up beating the Dogs of Silver Bluff in this one. 15-14 to 14 was the final in it. Um, another rainy night for all the schools, pretty much. Um, I think everybody suffered a little bit of the rain and uh, what was going on, but you know, Silver Bluff had this in hand. They were leading 14 nothing, And for Saluda to come back and end up winning this. And, and, you know, Coach Young even said, he said, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that we were going for two after we had that second touchdown. We did, they're at that point now. It's, it's break, you can't break now, man. you got to go at it, you know, the old saying, to the wall. And then, like I said, they were, they're in a position. They, they're in an unfamiliar position right now because they've already got that one loss. And they, they that was one they could not lose. And they had to win the game. And, and I feel bad for Super Bluff because every time they get a player, it goes somewhere else to a four or five a school. And they can't keep players. And then because teams just continue to get them. And, yeah, well, how much of it, too, was so, them looking ahead to next or this coming week? Because, I mean, that's a big one with Sean well, Thurman. They got coming up. Yeah, and they, I think they overlooked Saluda. And they may have, and but I think, too, in the second half, Saluda got old Mo on their side, and, and that was that was the end of Silver Bluff when Saluda got old Mo because everybody in the stadium knew they were going for two. I mean, everybody. Uh, you know, it, it, this isn't mm-hmm. a question, guys. We practiced against it, and Saluda still converts. So, I mean. Well, you add the fact that, so, that you know. 
Silver Bluff had a, a blocked field goal already and a blocked extra point to go mm-hmm. along with it. You, so. you had to go with it. And, you know, you just give Saluda and that coaching staff with the injuries that they've had this year. And then coming off of that, just basically a beatdown by Strom Thurmond. I think those the, the Saluda pride came out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they just decided we're not going to let this team beat us. And maybe the paint got peeled off the walls in the, at halftime, but uh, – <laughs> It was effective, whatever. <laughs> whatever Coach Young said to them was effective. So, let's. They got back to salute of football. They ran yeah. the ball, and I mean, they yeah. did what they do. And they, I just don't understand why people that go to salute doesn't like Bettis Herlong Field. I love that place. I mean, you talk about a little electric atmosphere for a smaller little 2A high school or however you want to say it, but that little stadium can, it's energetic like 96 is. Like height field is, I mean, it's the same type deal, and I just love the way it's down in the hole, and and it's just you don't even need PA, you don't need guys like me and you. You just say, you know, you and I talking to each other, calling the game, and they can hear everything we're saying. So, because you're right there together, but great place for football. And all I hear is just bad things about why don't they build a new field out with the school and leave it where it's at, man. Let's just leave it downtown. Well, a nice facility like that, anyway. I mean, yeah. well, even Clinton I, does the same thing. Why, why abandon you know the history that's been made? That's well, the key. And it, and I can understand that, but at the same time, you know, these coaches are taking these teams and they're going into these newer schools and even some of the old ones like Emerald that have the nice big jumbotron, have the nice AstroTurf, and that's what they want. That's what all the kids want. They want to play. They want to look good and, and, and have a, a nice place to call home and not something that's – 85 years old, and, well, you hear all the people over at Abbeville right now fussing about the field over at Abbeville with holes in it, sprinkler system that don't work. And so, well, <laughs> we'll, um, we'll get into the, yeah. that here in a few uh, to go along with it. But congrats to uh, Saluda. Now they've, they've gone through the hard part of their region. Um, now they kind of, I don't want to say have to got the, the – Let's just call it. They got the lesser foes. But they got the top two out of the way. Now they got the lesser foes that are coming their well, way. And now they got Fox time Creek. to get some people healed back yeah. up, and uh, hopefully not get anybody else hurt. And when the playoffs roll around, they'll be back to a full salute of football. Everybody on the team ready, healthy, and ready to go. All right, uh, that takes us to 96, who ended up going on the road uh, up to Liberty to take on the Flames that were up there. And uh, let's just call it what it is. It was Zay King night is <laughs> what it ended up being. He had, what, a 96-yard uh, kickoff return, uh, ended up scoring five rushing touchdowns in the process of all that, a 56-39 win for the uh, Cats in this one. And um, it all starts, if you ask Coach Bennett, and he said it last Thursday, it all starts with my line. My line can't do it, and nobody can. So, uh, you know, he says it all starts there. Mitchell, uh, not bad for a second game when you look at he was able to do. Five for nine for 102 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, passing touchdowns to go along with it. But when you got Zay King and he's scoring five and, you, hey, just, just turn and feed him the, the rock, man. Yep. Just feed him the rock. Well, you know, and this is a game we talked about last week that uh, Liberty's not a bad football team. And even with this game, you see, look at the number of points they put on the board. I yeah, mean, they put 39 on you. So you had to score. I mean, you had – and it was – I don't know how much defense was actually played in the game. Uh, 
I think, but 96 had the ability to control the clock and put seven on the board every time they touched it, it seems like. So. Yeah, 94 points scored in that game. 243 it's, total yards and six touchdowns. I, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, the first time I met Zay at Touchdown Club, I was like, man, this dude's a little stud right here, man. He's, he's just built like a running back's built. I mean, and and like I said, he just he, – it was his night. It, you called it well when you said Zay King night, so – Definitely earned some top awards on that one, I'm sure. I can't wait to hear your interview on on uh, Thursday Sorry, with Coach Bennett about the past game and then who they got coming up. I'm sure he's going to say something about Zay King. But. Yeah, well, and, and they got Chesney coming up. They'll be back there uh, at home uh, returning for that before they get – and I hope they don't – we'll get into it Thursday, but I'm hoping they don't look past Chesney because they got Abbeville right. that following week. Yeah. So. Uh, looking forward to that. Hey, congrats to the Blue Flashes of uh, Calhoun Falls. Uh, they are now 2-5, and five, and uh, they made the playoffs when you look at it this way because they send six out of that region, and there's eight in that region. Yeah, something like, something like that. that. Yeah. Um, so they made the playoffs with a win over uh, Ware Shoals in this one. The final ended up uh, <laughs> being a tight one. I, th- I would have loved Your this game. game. Yeah. <laughs> this game. was an 8-6 game uh, on Friday night in the rain and everything else. But it, it was, you know, like some of these NFL and college games, it, it had penalties left and right to go along with it uh, and all of that. That kind of slowed the game down a, a little bit in the process. But Blue Flashes, um, you know, they, they used a great combination of running backs when you look at who ended up scoring. You had Jamari Norman, Daquan Lewis, um, where Schultz ended up using Justin Lomax, Elijah Brown. Uh, and they, I mean, they were moving the balls between the 20s. We get in that red zone, though. Both these teams ended up stepping up defensively. Coach Lewis has to be just ecstatic about this. You know, Tom, for him, I think the key is when he made the move and went with Kelly Bryan as offensive coordinator. And I think you're going to really see it telltale next year when these kids that that Kelly can reach out to, probably kin to him. I, I'm not going to say all of them, but he reaches out to some of his relatives and he brings some more players on board. You're going to see some more Bryants on that team. We know they got three already, but you, you'll see a couple more next year. And I, I just think as far as a recruiting tool, that's a big name to bring into a program, especially when you're trying to just rebuild, basically. And uh, like I said, that's a big win for them. I, I lost that one because I did take Ware Shoals. But anyway, big win for them. And I don't know where Ware Shoals stands. It, it, are they totally out now of the playoffs? Uh, well, there's still a lot that can happen. They, so if they we, win we, a game, we'll, or, well, well, they'll have to win two. And Ware Shoals will have to lose another one somewhere down the line. Because they're three. I think I know Ware Shoals is done with the big three, as we call them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. They're done with, with Christchurch, Southside Christian, and St. Joe's. So, I don't know who they well, would have Well, their souls have Christian this Friday night. Oh, uh, and Calhoun night. Falls is at McCormick. So. Okay. I'm wrong. I was thinking they were done with a McCormick. <laughs> Must be the one done. So. Yeah, they get the defending 1A champs go along with it. So, we'll see how that goes. McCormick should be a fun one for Calhoun Falls. That should be fun, yeah. into that one. Yep. Um, well, let's talk about the game that we were at. We ended up calling on Sunday 103.5 oh, this past Friday night. <laughs> This was a, you know, I'll give you a left hook. You hit me with the right hook, and I'll I'll get you with the uppercut, and he'll come back with another roundhouse or something of that nature. This was a slugfest uh, when you look at it, and it um, is a fun one. Uh, The gutsy call, though, in the second half with with Coach Liner, uh, you're at your own 33-yard line. You end up doing the fake punt. 
ends up picking up the first down. You end up going for that first score in the third quarter as well to go uh, to go up, uh, or not to go up, but to end up tying the game at 21. That, that the, you know, this that's the kind of game it was where uh, coaches were making unbelievable calls in the rain. Um, defensively, guys were flying all over the field in the process of all of this. Uh, our player of the game in, in Bryce Seaborn had a fantastic game defensively uh, in what he was able to do in stopping. And sometimes, see, you know, he, he, was, he wasn't in charge of, of, of Kittle. Um, when you look at McKittle, he, you know, I told you he was going to be Westside's kind of utility knife, and they went to him a lot when they needed that first down or big pickups that were there. But credit Cameron Gross for getting on him and having to guard him the majority of the night. And, and two, I think he did a fantastic job on Norman. Um, or not Norman, was it – was it Norton? No, not Norman. Um, no, why am I blanking? It was Boston. Uh, Boston, yeah, Jameer yeah, Boston. Jameer Boston, and and he covered him a couple of times on the night, and ended up, you know, passes to him were incomplete. But it, it, it's this was a, a great game, a running team versus a throwing team. Um, you know, their running game didn't really ever get started. Uh, outside of the legs of, of what Cutter Woods was able to do and picking up yards here and there. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, you know, you couldn't ask for a better ball game. We thought people were saying this was going to be a blowout, and this one was, you know, seven points. Greenwood should have won this game when you look at it, actually, yeah, because actually. they had the ball with 259 remaining in the fourth quarter before we got to the 36-yard line, before the fumble ended up coming, and they ended up scoring after that. So Second effort, man. You can't blame the kid for that, man. He was trying to make a play. And like I said, helmet to ball, and generally in the rain or any other time it's going to come loose, and they, they recover. But Cutter, Cutter, he's everything they thought he would be, man. He's a really good quarterback. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. I When I got home, I was like I was just so tired, man. It's Exhausted. Like, <laughs> it's like me and you were out there, and we were actually the ones on that field. It was just – emotionally draining because you're sitting there man in your heart and you're pulling pretty eagles as hard as you can and you don't want to be biased and then oh yeah you can be biased because it's greenwood it's not like carolina clumpson or anything but uh tough you know another tough game to lose but every game that you do lose i still say that all you need to do is make the playoffs and i think that makes that run a little sweeter when you can make it and i think this year we're a little bit deeper team than we were last year we're not gonna have to go to northwestern we know that because Northwestern is your number one team in, in the state. So we won't be playing up there this year uh, in first round. I mean, I, and I'd like to maybe go back down to North Augusta so we can play one of those teams. But all in all, probably one of the better games that we've done as far as, like, as close as the games have been. Not supposed to be competitive in the game because West Side's West Side and Greenwood's Greenwood. New offense against Cutter Woods that does everything. And just stay home. Liner's never going to stay home. It's the thing that people don't realize is the Greenwood defense ended up stopping Cutter and that offense twice on fourth downs. I mean, they were 0 for 2 on fourth downs. Oh, the crowd was hot. We know that. I yeah, mean, the crowd had their own language. And and, <laughs> and and they were out of it. You know, at the yeah. end of that game when Greenwood took the lead, they were out of it. They, I mean, you saw people headed for, this, for the cars, for the parking lot. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they end up coming back and then all that other stuff ended up happening. But, I mean – Greenwood played a heck of a game. Oh, by the way, let me go ahead and clarify this because I, Willie did tell me. Uh, when, when I told y'all I had officiated football, I have. I did two years of Skeezer. When Long came was here, Cambridge was playing. I did some of the local games. It didn't like the other ones where you can't coach around where you live. That's They need umpires, and, they, and they'll take officials pretty much in it. They took me for sure. Um, and I was a defensive backfield, did all that. So I'm not Glenn Miller. I'm not Kenny Fulaw. I understand that. But I know a penalty when you throw a flag – 
and this is our podcast. I don't have to worry about sparking the rest of the crowd, but a flag's a flag. And then if two officials get together and decide they want to change something, I'm all for letting them hold it. And I think you and I kind of let them hold it a little bit, but not like I'd like to have because there was clearly offensive pass interference on the touchdowns. I ain't making no bones about it now. Uh, we did get the call, and it ended up costing us the game. But what a catch by the kid. By Boston. Yeah. Not, only did, not only did he push off because he put our defender in face down into the mud, basically, and he turns and he catches the ball, and there's another guy coming in like where B-Rat is here. But, and he, just to, to be able to make that catch. After you've already put – anyway, long story short, man, it was a heartbreaking loss for the Eagles. Uh, Elmo was in here. He was talking about it. He was hollering, ram tough, ram tough at the officials that they walked off the field. <laughs> so, I mean – and they knew it because when we got there, the first thing I saw was the cowbells. I said, I'm going to keep my mouth shut from now on about cowbells. <laughs> and the little girl was shaking it at me and you over there. and and uh, But you're right. They were taken out of the game. and. That goes to uh, the coaches on the Greenwood team because they kept them in the game. And I, I, I can't give Butler and Norman enough credit on the defense, what they did, like you said, mm-hmm. to shut Cutter down on a couple of those plays. And to Coach Liner and Coach Dean, I mean, the game plans are awesome. And I'm looking – now I'm starting to look around for Pete Lemgo on this team because I'm telling you, when you're playing Greenwood now, you better not let – you see the punter now, you better not take it for granted because how many times this year have we done this? Well, it's been twice in, in the last two games. And it's been so. successful. So I can promise you Coach Porter's going to see a piece of this, and we talked about it Friday night. That's the guy that's really going to be shocked most when he does look at game field, and he's going to be like, they were better than Westside. We bet be ready. <laughs> so, Well, I'll, you know, first off, let's say, you know, appreciate all the Greenwood folks that came up, set out in the rain, and, and watched a heck of a ball game, supported our team. Um, you know, I understand officials are human, and I'll never blame a loss on an official. But there were some questionable calls in that game. Um, I still don't understand. I was always under the impression that if you got two personal fouls, you were ejected from the game. And there, number seven had two, but he continued to play, and he hurt us a few times. Um, the the kickoff return that we had that to get called back the, the the phantom block in the back that we're still looking for uh, maybe if we can slow the game film down slow enough we might see it <laughs> and then like the one Chris was alluded to with the offensive pass interference everybody in that stadium knew it and everybody was waiting on it to be called but um, it came out the other way Greenwood I will say the the whole coaching staff and the team, they put the guys in position to make the plays. We made some. We missed some. Uh, I thought Cutter hurt us more with his legs than he did with his arm, even though he did. Well, he he had his yardage. This is the lowest game all year that he has thrown for. I mean, 203 yards, I think, is what you had on on the stats. I mean, it wasn't a lot of yardage. Uh, when you look at it. so the defense did a good job of rallying in, you know, and, and, holding and, him in. Yeah. And how many times did we see, you know, coverage uh, situations where we forced him to end up running east yeah. or east and west, center, north, we, south? We did, we did lose contain on him a few times, and I felt like, you know, there again, the back half of our defense was doing their job and forced him to do something he doesn't like to do, and then he he find a little hole somewhere and. 
it wasn't a defense. The defense uh, here again. Uh, watched Holloway on a lot coming off the edge, and the kid was held all night long. Double team. I mean, about, <laughs> about pulled his jersey off a couple of times, and we still get no calls. Uh, but I'm not blaming the officials. I want to. Stay there. Yeah, uh, objects to score more points than the opposing team. Yeah, that's and, it, and they did. I mean, and, and we did to a point, but but you know, I mean, that, the guys will a lot of teaching moments come out of the game, and they will be coached up. And uh, Greenville better be ready because this team's coming for you. Yeah, and, and credit to Westside, they were without Josh Williams, who was under concussion, concussion protocol in the process of this. Um, kind of dodged a bullet with him because he is their number one wide receiver. He's the guy that all the Power Five schools are looking at. Boston, uh, is they're looking at him too, but he didn't have near as many offers as Williams does. If they ever get both of those receivers on the field at the same time that are healthy, um, this is a team that could could be. Fantastic. Although we both said it, uh, this isn't the uh, same offense and defensive line, line for the West Side no, Rams that no, we saw last year. No. It, it's uh, it, yeah, it was a little down this year. It's a work and, and their running backs weren't near as, as strong this this year. Except for Sharon. Sharon Richardson is the real deal. He, and now I give Coach Lane a lot of credit in, in coming out and saying, you know, I, I I've got guys playing both ways this and that. I've got to be able to have somebody fresh on defense the entire time, somebody fresh on offense the entire time. Um, uh, Richardson, who was, D. Richardson, who was the, the quarter or the running back that started this game, did a fantastic job. I mean, we held him to, I think, less than – what do we hold him to? I can tell you, 85 yards yeah, on nine carries. He, yeah. So we held him under 1,000. But Sharon Richardson, eight carries for 23. But none of all of those – were short yarded situations when you needed uh, a pickup of four or five yards, he was the guy they went to. And like you said, defensively, he was there he on, was, on, he, on the, the corner side. But at the same time, so. toward the end of the game, you could see, and I think Tom alluded to it a couple times during the broadcast Westside with their hands on their hips. They were tired. They, and Greenwood just kept coming straight at them, and they, they hadn't, you know, they were just getting tired. They were getting tired of being beat on. Uh, we did get some pressure on Woods. We did have a sack or two, and we did uh, hit him. Uh, maybe just not enough. Coach Lane will probably tell you he hadn't been touched like that all year. Yeah, probably. And, I would. I would believe Coach Lane would be telling you. And Cutter will tell you the same thing. He has. He had an ice bath. Ain't no doubt about yeah. that one. Because I know he was sore. Because I'm. And that's what I'm gonna say. Like I said, as much as I love to see our guys on the offense switch up and play. Bryce Eborn's to be a, a a smaller receiver is a hitter. He yeah. put a, he put two or three licks on the defensive side of the ball. And I was thinking, man, was that Kamari? Nope, that's not Kamari. He's over there laying his own licks. But Mike Holloway put a put a good little tweet. If you if you want to follow somebody that's funny on Twitter, follow Mike Holloway. He goes by Mikey Holloway, and it's got Greenwood number seven. And I just I love what he put on there, man. He just put like fall fall hard tonight. Just can't win them all. And like I said, we'll be ready next week. But guess what, guys? We home. Yeah. <laughs> so we're home, and honey. Are, I'm home. Are we not glad we are home. Yep, and this will be yeah. the game of the week. We're going to uh, we're gonna have to get a big banner, welcome home, and put it out. <laughs> you may have that, Stan. You're really and, – and, and what you alluded to earlier, man, I have been 
loving the fans that have traveled with us because I'm gonna tell you we have been a lot of places. We've been to Tyrone. We and we the last two, three, four weeks. We it's been not just last month and a half. We to Abbeville to '96. It's been way over, way over. So uh, just like I said, the fans have have shown out. They've been proud and loud. Uh, they they love their their kids. They love this team. And and like I said, it's been a privilege doing Greenwood football again, man. I tell you. And it, you know Friday nights are different, but we need to win now. Well, we yeah. just, I, I look to see the bad pull Friday night. Battle of the G is the Red yeah. Raiders of Greenville make their way into here. And this this will be also a battle for second place in the region, second and third place. We need this one. As of right yeah. now. We don't need to wait on the pickings and to, the, to have to pick it up on that game. Well, let's go ahead and just beat Coach Porter and they better stay off the G. Because um, I, I might just be – I might go with Willie this time and get ready for pregame and just run up there and catch pregame with you. But, like I said, it's a game that we want to win that game. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I can't wait to hear what Coach Liner says about getting to go against his old buddy, Coach Porter, again. Um, and like I said, this could be a different football team for him. He's got he's got the studs at Greenville. He's got MK Bennett, Mazio, whatever you want to call him. He's got Blake Franks, who's the Gamecock. Those are two Gamecock commits. You got Drummond. Uh, you got a new quarterback in there that they're they're going fifty fifty with, uh, and their defense seems to be really well too. So this should be another one of those prize fights, buddy. We're gonna have to. I might need to go get some uh, fluids or something before we do this game, but because it's gonna be a rock hard fight Friday night at the Bab. Yeah, I can't wait to break this one down on Thursday because there's a lot. Of- of talking that goes on not only on the field, but it's already started uh, this weekend in the process of all that with these two teams come up. Going to be the game of the week. We hope you come on out and enjoy uh, everything that's happening out of the BAB. A month and a half it has been since the last time we were there, so looking forward to a big one coming up on Friday. We'll break it down on Thursday for you. Well, let's talk about uh, one of the other games, Christchurch, who went on the road. They, or excuse me, they uh, hosted Dixie this past Friday night. They ended up winning 48-7 to in this one. Christchurch uh, returned the opening kickoff uh, for the touchdown, and it was just kind of downhill after that. Um, the Hornets, uh, you know, uh, that new wishbone kind of a thing that they got uh, that they've added in there. So they've, they've got kind of two – everybody's got kind of two offenses that is going right now, don't they? Just about. Everybody's trying to figure out how to run the ball and how to throw the ball and uh, how to catch somebody. Now, we saw some wrinkles from Chris uh, uh, the last – game or two we've seen but i think that's the the guys just getting used to the offenses mm-hmm. uh dixie we know he's got a new coach he's bringing in a new system uh, okay we're halfway through the season people are starting to feel comfortable and when that happens and they they're not thinking as much they're just doing and so the play's gonna get better but uh you know here again it's one of those big three in the upstate that Dixie had to go to their place and play, and it's just it's yeah. tough to do. Well, uh, Stalin Johnson, the quarterback for Dixie, had a couple of trick plays. They threw three times for 18 yards <laughs> to go along with that. Uh, the leading rusher, by no means, everybody knows who that was. Deshaun uh, Reader? <laughs> uh, no, that was Brandon Nance. 87 yards, uh, 10 rushes to go along with that. Austin Wilson had uh, seven carries for 28 yards uh, in the process of that. But, uh, I mean, you're going up against a Greenville team that, that's – that's in the middle of a metropolis and can pull up from a bigger radius versus a, a small town like Due West that you know doesn't have near as many people within. I mean, you could take this this the city limits of Due West, put it up there in Christchurch, and there'd be three times as many people. Yeah, 
I was still, like I said, you were talking about Deshaun Reader. He's one of the leaders in the state in rushing. That's why I wonder how many yards he had against Dixie. But um, what if he went to Greenville? Because he's right there on the cusp of, of Porter. <laughs> I mean, that's that's definitely going to be – He he's about a three-star probably running back. Probably he's like uh, Dunbar at, at uh, Midland Valley. But there was a silver bluff. I mean, those guys are dogs. And, I mean, I was proud of when Mike Vaughn came on the roar and was – was going over the scores and it was that close of a game. I was like, man, Coach Starr didn't play a heck of a ball game against this team here because I think they were. Are they back to number one in the? Or is Louisville still number one? In Louisville still number one. Okay, and nobody's going to probably knock them out either. So, but great game by Starr and, and the way to come up with a game plan on the road to keep it fairly close game. I mean, forty-eight sevens against those guys is awesome because nobody else has played them that close all year. Even the St. Joe's and the Southside Christians are <laughs> beating the crap out of each other. So, yeah, a lot of fun there. Um, but uh, it doesn't get easier. Uh, they go out of conference play. They're going to be taking on the Anderson Cavaliers at seven thirty this coming Friday night. So they'll be taking on a. a Another private school that's up there in the Anderson area. And they're pretty good, aren't they, Tom? They are pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty they're, good. They are the real deal. Um, and then uh, let's talk about Emerald as we close things out here. Um, they ended up going on the road, long road trip, all the way up to Chester to take on the number seven team in 3A. And uh, when we saw the score at halftime and Chester was leading 18-16, we thought, wow, Emerald is playing a great game as of right now. But Chester opened the third quarter and came out. Uh, first two possessions ended up scoring in the process of all that. Before you knew it, it was 48-16. Uh, in the bleak of an eye, uh, that was out there. Their running back, Elijah Coleman, had five touchdowns for the Cyclones um, to help them win. But, I mean, and most of those coming in the second half. They can't get that one win that they needed in Emerald Mass. All they need, I'm telling you, if they could ever get the first one to get it off the monkey off the back. They, and like I said, it, I think it, it, who they got this week? Is there another chance we got Union, coming up? I think they got Union, Union County, County this week. So there should be a this, chance. This needs to be the game. Uh, there again, when you will talk to Coach on tomorrow, Wednesday. And, and you know what? The thing that I look for is he's going to be the same. Coach Tad DeBose. He's, there's a disappointment. He is, like I've told you, he's not used to this. This is new to him. And he more than anything else wants it for the kids. He he's not worried about him. He's worried about his kids and wanting kids to do well. And you know when you got the kids playing football and they're playing. I mean Chester's a tough place to go play a football game. We know that. And to go up there and play like they played as well as they played. I mean they they're they're no more distraught than than the players themselves. And they've left everything on the field. And as much as we talk about a boxing match, that's what they've done all year long to get that first win. And they're just. It's got to come sooner or later, Tom. I'm telling you, it's got to come sooner. Maybe yeah. I go up there and do the rain dance this week. <laughs> I know somebody asked me at, at church on Sunday. They said, um, "How come Emerald isn't running AJ Anderson more?" I mean, his freshman year, AJ Anderson was was the fullback, and he was picking up big chunks of yards, having big carries, things of that nature. How come they aren't running him more? Well, you're, due to injuries, they're having to move some guys around. And if you heard Coach last week, he said, "We'd love to keep AJ on on." Uh, the offensive side of the ball, but because of his size and, and his talent, we're having to play him at defensive end on defense as well. So there's another athlete that's even having to play both ways in this, um, and that takes a little bit out of you. And then you you got Key Holloway doing the same thing, playing quarterback as well as safety. That is tough. That's tough. To be a quarterback in 3A football, and then and I'm sure, look, Daniel probably does it. Uh, the other big teams in three probably do it. Um, it's difficult to do, especially at that quarterback position. I can see a, a running back or receiver maybe playing a little DP, DB or whatever, but 
Uh, Key always, I mean, he's going to get this thing done. I, I, I really feel, I think it probably maybe this week we'll talk about it Thursday. But uh, all in all, um, frustrating because they continue to lose games. Nobody wants to be winless at this time of the year. But um, like I said, we're going we're gonna to do the rain dance and, and everything else. And may just have to send Howard Corley over to Emerald. Because Howard, I want to thank you for what you did at Greenwood, buddy. Uh, nothing but positive hits from Greenwood about everything. It's on Facebook. What you did feeding the team. And, when they uh, play Friday night, you can tell yeah. they were they were loaded with gas. They were. <laughs> <laughs> they were. And like I said, we we went to Max and Bill was worried about him being loaded. With, but it was a. Uh, we appreciate everything you do for the community, man. Keep it going, and and uh, they love you down here, man. So. <laughs> All right, I also want to make mention uh, of the JV for the Emerald Vikings because this this was a nail-biter. If you want to know what's coming up at Emerald, you've got some really talented <laughs> guys that are coming up that way. Uh, John Spite and Cam Carter are going to be the real deal on defense. They they I mean, they were wrecking havoc all over the backfield all night long from that linebacker and offense or defensive line spot. And a 16-15 to 15 loss to Chester, that happened over here at, at Frank Hill Stadium to go along with that. But then you look at what they did on the ground. Uh, Chris Dean had a big night. Uh, Braylon Cal- Calhoun had a big night in the process of all that. Got a couple of big catches from uh, Camille Hill. Uh, he had a touchdown that was called back before the half. So, I mean, that's points that were taken off the board for them. Um, and the Vikings, uh, you know, they, they just keep reloading defensively. Now they got to go to Union County to take the Yellow Jackets on Thursday, so we, we wish them the best of luck. But the JV's got some really young talent that's coming up that should be pretty good and adding some depth next year, if not here, if they make the playoffs and adding them up there. I think you and I know very well what the, we follow JV at Greenwood all the time because we want to see what the next talent looks like. And I, I've seen a little bit of the Calhoun kid, man. He's He's going to be special for that team. And, I mean, don't like I said, if, if it goes through and you don't win a game this year, but I still think you're going to get the monkey off your back. There so. it is well. All right, what about number two, uh, Abbeville, uh, when you look at what they do in 2A? And uh, I love the fact somebody mentioned to me and I, I, this weekend that uh, – why is it that that nobody's mentioning Abbeville? It's like <laughs> it's like they don't exist anymore. Everybody's mentioning Gray. That's, that's and a lot. Thurman that's a lot like Alabama. Nobody's mentioning them, but they just keep winning. They have fifty six nothing. Big shutout for them um, as they come through and 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 uh, knocking off Landrum in this one and um, five hundred and seventy total yards of offense in the process. I mean, they, it was just, you know, every time they touched the ball. When you look at uh, what their quarterback did, um, he had a phenomenal night, 8 of 12 passing for 161 yards. That's Leach. Uh, and, and did you see uh, Cam Adams, the walk with 50 that he did with Leach? I didn't. You, you need to take a look at it. A great. Uh, we sat there and walked 50 yards and asked him questions. Um, Leach also uh, ended up running the ball for 51 yards on top of that. And then you add Carson Norman into this, and you can't keep him out. You know, he had another phenomenal night uh, in the process. Seven rushes for 68 yards uh, on all of this. But, um, you know, their defense held Landrum to, let me check, 56 yards and only three first downs. When I'm you telling you, this is shaping up like every other Jamie Nichols team that has has gone on and done what they they set out to do. And I mean, if you're if you're Peachtree Build and it's Strong Thurman, if you're Hampton County, uh, you best not take your foot off the gas, man. Because I'm telling you, they ain't forgetting these teams. I can promise you, Coach Webb. 
He knows Abbeville. Mm-hmm. The, the coach at Hampton County, even though they got that quarterback and running back that's doing so well. They, you're going to see one of these teams against an Abbeville, and it it doesn't want to be a gray. Uh, we'll talk about gray thirds. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Abbeville's still got to be in your minds. Yeah, if yeah. you have forgot about Abbeville football in, and in I think 2A. And, and like I said, this is another one of those that you don't want to look past the next week and all because you got a Wildcat team looking at you. And they hadn't forgot about you for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody in, in <laughs> has been saying is I can't wait for that final week 10 to come around where they can uh, end up going up against the Wildcats and the Panthers. Should be a fun one there. Well, let's talk about some of the other sports that are happening. Uh, we mentioned um, uh, swimming as of right now. And you look at Emerald. I know they competed on uh, uh, Saturday morning. Um, you had the uh, girls qualify for the state uh, 200 medley relay, that being Rosalie Trent, Paige Norland, uh, Estelle Trent, and uh, Hannah Sobe. Um, the 400 free relay, Candace Baldwin, uh, uh, Rosie Trent, Estelle Trent, and Paige Norland competed in that. Paige, by the way, um, it, it's hard to believe that I'm, I'm when I think of Paige, I still see her as a 10 year old, 10 year old. And here she is, you know, in high school level uh, competing ends up uh, in the top five and the 50 free and the hundred breaststroke to go along with all that. Um, uh, you know, just a fabulous thing. Relay ended up taking 17th place. Paige uh, ended up uh, with some personal best times to go along with that in the hundred breaststroke and the 50 freestyle. And um, then they finished 16th in the 400 free relay also to wrap it up for the season. So congrats to them. In uh, cross country, when you look at the Greenwood Eagles, uh, the Lady Eagles were led by Clear Sunquist. She ran a 24.04 for her time uh, this past uh, weekend. Peyton Lankin went a 24.52. Gabby Talley, who we've had on the show before, 24.40. She ended up running. Mackenzie Bolton went a 26.11, and Emma Williams went 26.30. Yeah, Gabby's doing a lot of Close. things now on, on the cross country. And you're talking about the other, the swimmer, we had Salisbury. Mm-hmm. She came on our podcast before. So the, the young ladies around her are doing really well. Uh, and, and just the fact that they they actually lost that one, correct? That was Greenwood Christian. Um, yeah, they no. Yeah, that was Greenwood Christian okay. that they ended up taking on. The boys didn't win either, but Charlie Fennell had a personal best. Um, he's going to be, you know, another one of my swimmers. I'm going to brag on all of them if I get a chance to do that. Uh, but he ran a phenomenal uh, uh, personal best time to go a career best, if you want to look at it that way. 16:49, he ended up winning in this one, and he's going to be he's going to be a formidable opponent when it ends up coming to the state championship game or match here in a couple of weeks. Um, but then you also got uh, running with him, Jonathan Adams went 1847. Uh, Gavin Moore, another swimmer, went 1904. Andrew uh, Ferlena went 1917. Gray McRae went 1937. James Saxton went 1941. And Preston Cohn ended up going 2016. Uh, and with those times being as close as they are, you can tell these guys like to run together. Yep. In the process of all that. But, uh, you know, that's their last individual meet. Their next meet going to be the regional meet up in Anderson. And that is a fun course. Got a lot of hills up and down and around and things of that nature. Back behind the uh, sports complex uh, center that is that up Civic there. Center, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, oh, that is, that is a pretty little area. <laughs> it's a lot of fun <laughs> to get been. Um, and it's you know it's getting colder, so for them it's going to be a, you know a lot more fun to end up running. Of course, the girls always have to go first before the guys. So as I <laughs> guys run, it's warmed up about ten fifteen degrees. It seems like it's cool up there though. So. <laughs> And then girls varsity volleyball. Hey, want to congrats to the Emerald Vikings. They had to go uh, over to Abbeville to take on Woodruff in a tiebreaker for second place in that region, and they end up winning it. 25-18, 27-25, close one in the second set, and then 25-19, another close 
first one that is there. So congrats to them. Uh, Demetra Jordan, nine kills, seven blocks. Peyton Finley had ten kills, um, one tip kill to go along with it. Ann Smith had six kills. Ty Tennant, two kills, two tip kills, and three blocks. That, that lady had. Savannah Wright had an ace and nine sets for kills. Ava Penley had an ace and 12 sets for kills to go along with that. So they were just setting them up to finish them off. That's what I'm saying. I was just yeah. set them up, put them down. So, and then the uh, guys uh, didn't do so well against Dorman. Um, ended up losing in three sets to that on senior night over at Greenwood High. But uh, they are moving on. They got uh, a repeat performance hopefully coming up here as they get ready for their. Um, regional match in the process of that as well. Are so you talking about what, second full year of, of guys volleyball? I think this yeah. is the or third. second or third. I think it's second. third. Second. I was second? thinking second. Okay. Maybe, maybe second. Either way, I mean, just to be yeah. even mentioned in, in you know, and playoffs, playoffs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. We're in Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. B-Rad is uh, making sure all the cans in the refrigerator are facing the right way so you can choose the <laughs> beverage of your choice. That is the <laughs> along with all that. So we want you to come on out, uh, enjoy it. Uh, they've got food that is uh, fantastic that is here. I had the um, ham and cheese today, the hot ham and cheese, absolutely delicious. You get a chance to come out and take part in all of that. Uh, a lot of great specials. Of course, today's special is the hamburger and the french fries um, to go along with that. And we had the wings uh, that Clyde has provided us with in the process. Those are absolutely delicious. Now, they're not listed on there, but you can oh, you, you, look at the paper menu, and they're there. Or ask Clyde to say, hey, where yeah, does we wings want the at? wings, man. <laughs> we want the wings. He'll ask you what kind of sauce you want or what kind of well, – no, what do you ask me? What kind of flavor you want? <laughs> That's what he yeah. says. So he'll ask you that as well, and you'll get a chance to get all those details worked out. Yeah, no doubt good food. What's the beer temperature today, B-Rad? Look at there, buddy. 35. Look it's at there. He throw me one, and we'll put it closer to the bottom. I think I'll be a, a little suds on the way home, man, a little frosty frost. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's move our attention towards the college aspect because there are a lot of things that ended up happening in the college world. We'll start here locally um, with a couple of colleges. Presbyterian, we, we – I want to go see this team play. I do too. I, 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 do. <laughs> I do too. They end up with a twenty to seventeen win uh, over Dayton, a team that beat them by thirty last year. I mean, put a spanking on them. They come back, end up winning it. This one end up moving to one and two in conference play. Dayton moves to zero and four in conference play to go along with that. But a, a big comeback in overtime um, with a, a game ceiling kick by the kicker in uh, Mac Miko. Um, connected on 10 field goals in six contests here so far. So he is on fire, knock on wood, and that ends up keep on happening. But the Blue Homes back to 500 uh, once again. And the school's first W in three attempts over Dayton. I didn't know that. Um, so congrats to Steve Englehart and what he's been able to do in his second year that is down there. And this is this is one, when you look at total offense, uh, Presbyterian had 274 to Dayton's 311. Um, they've passed the ball for 165, Dayton for 116, rushed the ball for 109, Dayton rushed the ball for 192. It's telling you here the defense is getting them in the red zone and saying, this is we're done. You're stopping. We're <laughs> you're, stopping. We're not going any further. Yeah, both teams had 17 first downs. Here's the the real teller in all of this. Um, Presbyterian ended up converting five of 13. Dayton six of 16 on third down conversions. That's solid. So yeah. good job. Well, and this, and this is a big road win too. I mean, they went to Ohio and and came came away with this win. So that's. Uh, the only chaotic game I got right. <laughs> so, but how cool is it, though, Sam? How cool is it to actually have a kicker 
that you can rely on at the end of a game? Well, how how much true. does that mean to a, a coach and that uh, team? Uh, well, that, to a Clemson that, fan, that, it means a lot. Dabo <laughs> may be sending the NIL bus down there to get him, and well, along with the portal people and get him up there. But, Angle Hart uh, probably sent him back to Indianapolis or Dayton, wherever yeah, he was before. But, yeah. yeah, to have a kicker you depend on, that, that sets your defense up a lot too because as a defender, you don't have to really play it as hard as you normally know. Knowing you got a kicker that's there, but Willie's in the house. Willie didn't get another haircut? No. Um, but anyway, huge win. Like I said, the only game I got right, only chaos. Now you can you can thank your defense for Presbyterian. I'm sitting here looking. They had two forced fumbles and a deep ball interception by Anthony Thornton. This is a fun team. I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, God, this is a fun football team. And what a field to play on, Bailey Field. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that I actually I love Bailey Field in Clinton. So. Well, it should be fun. Uh, we may go to this one on Saturday, provided it's not raining. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk to Willie and see if he can't arrange us some, tickets. some passes. Yeah, yeah this should, it should be a good one. It's homecoming weekend in Clinton this weekend. I'm looking forward to, to possibly going out here and seeing this. Uh, they're taking up, uh, going up against San Diego. Ooh. Uh, San Diego in, <laughs> in Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, I guess is the name of the school. Um, we'll see how it goes. They, you know, they ended up winning thirty to sixteen last time. I think they ended up playing in this one. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, you know, the, you know, PC just kind of seizing the moment over Dayton, and, and just I'm telling you, this this is a team that's on the rise, and, and what Steve has been able to do has been phenomenal in, in just two years. And they're doing it. Like I said, Wesley's been the kid that you've had to watch out offensively, and then all of a sudden. Uh you, you got other guys stepping up to the plate and doing great things offensively. So, uh, yeah, they're a fun team to watch. And that leads us uh, to the Erskine Flying Fleet as they were home as well back at J.W. Babb Stadium. And, you know, a homecoming of sorts for uh, uh, the coach at, at Carson Newman. And, and, I mean, they came this close. 14-10 being the final in favor of Carson Newman and the Eagles in this one. And, um you know, Jamar Moore had a ridiculous catch, one-handed catch that gave Erskine the lead early in the process of all this. One that, that uh, I, I've seen it on on Facebook, and so you, you need to catch it out if you get a chance to, to see it out there. But it's a phenomenal catch in this one. But, um, you know, if you look at total yards, Erskine 203 total to uh, Carson Newman's 307. But they had 123 passing yards. They had 80 rushing yards and all that. They were only penalized twice for 20. That's it. So you're looking at, what, two holding calls? Yeah, that's a key because that's been a the downfall this year with Erskine has been penalty. So they, Coach Boyd and staff has shut that down a little bit. And, and, and they won the, the time of possession, 32-46 to 27-14. That's why it's so close, man. And, and the fact that what excites me is the fact of the passing yards in that game. Would you say 160-something? Uh, or two passing yards, one twenty three to ninety one. Okay, so I mean, you won that aspect too, and you you consider yourself a rushing football team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, it's it's coming. Uh, it that was one that you probably didn't want to lose, you know, at the Bab and uh, at, for your homecoming. But I mean, to go out and play great against a, a team that's probably a little bit better than you are, and and show them, you know, not so fast, and uh, wait till next week. That's what yeah. you have to tell them if you coach yeah. Boyd. But you know, Greenwood's own. Uh, Coach Clowney and, and what he was able to do, come back into Greenwood and getting uh, a win where your coaching career started yeah. at the college level. I think that's phenomenal for him. Congrats to him as well. And uh, I know there were a lot of folks from Greenwood that were at that game. 
um, that he has family in and around this area as well as up in Union that came and enjoyed the game too. So Yeah, a lot of Facebook posts from a lot of different people that I didn't know on Facebook from both sides of the fence. And uh, I forgot about Coach Clowney for a little bit, but if you you don't forget him very long, that's for sure. For his <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a Coach Clowney started at Greenwood. Um, yep. He started there with Shell Dooley, ended up being the defensive coordinator for that um, – what was it, the 99-2000 team yeah. in that area? Um, then he ended up going and being the head coach over at Emerald for a year before uh, Carson Newman called him over to end up being a defensive linebacker coach. Uh, went over there, and then he worked his way, and now he's the head coach up there. So, um, you know, Greenwood boy gone good. Yeah, exactly. I like the fellow of all that. But let's talk about uh, what's next for Erskine. It doesn't get any easier. They go back on the road. they got to go up to University of Virginia Wise. Um, <laughs> by the way, Wise is having just as good a year as uh, Erskine is. They've got one more win, though. They're 1-6 overall, 0-5 in the sack. That'll be a 2 o'clock game. Uh, Wise won the first-ever team meeting 28-13 last year. We'll see if the Flying Fleet can uh, go ahead and reciprocate that win. I was actually thinking they won that game, but I guess I, I think, was wrong. I think they can. I think that they do have to go on the road, but I think this Erskine team is much more improved than what a lot of people are giving them credit for. Uh, uh, kind of like Emerald, you know, the the little engine that could, but they just hadn't yet, and it, it's coming. And and Saturday's was a good example of what can possibly be. Saturday's game may be the turnaround game for the season. You may see them go to Wise, pick up the win, and much like we say with Emerald, you get the first one, the second one's a whole they lot They steamroll. Yeah, exactly. I'll make sure to mention that to Tad DeBose. <laughs> Both of them are coming yeah. up here this week. Find yeah. out. All right, uh, let's move to the big one. Of course, Clemson had the week off, so uh, they're enjoying a little bit of rest before Miami um, welcomes them down to the uh, – uh, southern portion of florida but uh shane beamer uh, was excited everybody was excited mm -hmm. florida was coming in you look at florida and how the struggles had, had just you know taken over and and uh, it was kind of a shell of themselves they had injuries everywhere they do get uh, uh trevor etn back um in this one and he he didn't he played he didn't have he didn't a phenomenal, phenomenal game. game no i mean by any means but no. uh their quarterback gosh he he threw all over the field ended mm -hmm. up being the game winner as well yeah Mertz is that guy i liked it when he was at wisconsin a lot of respect for that kid and i really went into the game and i wasn't i was figuring florida would run the ball to try to win the game and like i said etn's ends up with uh Nine carries, four nine yards. We did have that touchdown that was crucial at the time. But Graham Mertz, I mean, this was nothing but an aerial show here. I mean, you got a kid 30 for 48. You throw the ball 48 times. I mean, you're going to get, what, 423. But he was sacked four times by defense. That was yeah. what surprised me. And then, like I said, on the other side of the ball, you had Rattler with another huge game, uh, over 300 yards, good passing percentage, four touchdowns and a pick. And, and um, so, I mean, all in all, really good game for Carolina. Other than now we're hearing about uh, the rumors we got to do something about our defensive coordinator and stuff like that. I mean, you win games, you lose games. This is SEC, man. That's what I'm saying. Don't hit the panic button now. I mean, we were hitting the panic button early in the year with the line stand and Line play has actually gotten a lot better than it was the first or second game in. And granted, we got to be better when Columbia meets Columbia Saturday, and we'll talk about that Thursday as well. But all in all, all fleets with the game plan. Well, I think uh, much like Greenwood, the, the coaching staff down there had the guys in position. They called the right plays. We found a running game. Mm -hmm. uh, Mario Anderson, if, if, if we've, we've got a running back now. 
the offensive line actually opened up a few holes for him here and there. I mean, but um, and Rattler was just doing what Rattler does. And the the one interception he had was like the last play of the ball game when he just threw it up. And he even admitted in the post game that uh, that was on him. It was a mistake. Uh, we had more time on the clock than really what he was thinking. We were down to about. 30 seconds, but he was wanting to get a chunk play in and felt like that he could throw it up and his receiver would go get it. And just unfortunately, the Florida recent DB went up and got it. Um, but we didn't get any breaks. We had uh, the one tip ball that uh, Merck threw that the wide receiver tipped it, and usually those balls either get intercepted or fall harmlessly to the ground. Well, it just so happened that Florida had another wide receiver running basically the same route, and the ball just popped into his hands, and he scored. But um, you well, know, yeah, the good defense, ball game. the defense was defense. the pro- was the problem yeah. in this game. Yeah. Um, special teams, not so much. I mean, they they didn't provide. Well, we had two thirty-yard punts, and I mean, this is coming from a punter that was last year was up for a, a Ray Guy Award. I mean, you just don't expect two thirty-yard punts in mm-hmm. a game, and that. That was a little disappointing. Had a botched extra point where the center just rolled the ball back to the holder and couldn't get it converted. Uh, and at that time, I thought it was a big play because that would have put you up 11 instead of 10. Um, I don't know if the Florida offensive staff would have attacked anything any differently being down 11 than they did 10. But uh, I would like to see that point got in there. But. Sands tight ends had a big game for the Gamecocks. Yeah, tight ends had a big game. X-Man was targeted five times, and he made all five catches. So give him his money. Um, you know, it's <laughs> uh, just a tough loss. Tough loss. It, it, it's a tough one. But like you said, Ricky Pearsall is going to be a first-round draft pick. He's going to go up there. He's just everything. I mean, he was targeting 13 targets, 10 catches, 166, and that one touchdown. So. He's had he's had a good year. He's got eight touchdowns on the year for for Florida. So, like I said, it's one of those games. I mean, I picked against the Gamecocks. Maybe I do it again this week, and they play better when I do. So maybe they don't want me picking with them. So, um, it'll be Columbia against Columbia. Like I said, we, that'll yeah. be a fun one to talk about going to Missouri. That's that team that we just cannot seem to get over that hole. So to speak. Well, no, it's, it, I think we can beat them, and we beat them in the past. But when you go to Columbia, it's much like Clemson going to Syracuse. Weird things just happen. Mm-hmm. And that that's Carolina Syracuse, so to speak. Uh, so let's uh, exercise the demons and let's go get a yeah. win. Before we get into uh, did they earn their money, I want to talk a little bit about the explosive plays that Coach Beamer was talking about after yeah. the game and, and, and what was going on. He basically said that they would call pressure calls, but they team wouldn't run. Then, yeah, You know, they had one guy that started and ended up quitting or they ran the wrong uh, play in the well, process of all of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, they had a holding penalty in the secondary for the mm-hmm. second half and uh, things of that nature. Pressured on third downs. They, he even talks about the one time that they had the perfect call on the double reverse where they had uh, the blitz coming off of the corners mm-hmm. where you would pinch them both in in, in that regard. And it, you know, broke down from there yeah. uh, in the process. So that was his big... Uh, explanation of trying to, you know, we've got to do better on those uh, explosive we're, pass we're, plays we're, and those pressure calls. We're in position to make the plays. Now we got to make the play. Yeah. And that, that was his big that's deal. Tackling and everything. So. 
All wrap right. him up. Wrap him up. <laughs> that, that, of course, brings us to did they earn their money? <laughs> with the coach, Dan Spivey. Uh, the question is, did Spencer Rattler earn his money this week? I'll say he did. Chris? I'll go with him. I'll give it, it to him this time. I mean, we're at a point, like I said, you you took over 330 yards, you should win a game, and defense might have let you down. But, Mer- yeah. like I said, Mertz, out- Mertz outgunned him, though. That's what you got to look at also. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just two really good quarterbacks going to slap at it. I mean, it was, it was a fun game. I mean, so, yeah, i give it to him. All right, Mario Anderson, did Mario he earn the money? Mario Anderson definitely earned his money. I do, but I'm going to be different from Stan and Bill. I think he's got a chance to be a really good running back, but he's not the running back we need for the future. I can tell you that now. We've got to find us a running back. I mean, he's from Somerville. He's a big kid at 5'9", 208, but we, he's not the answer for it. And it's not – I'm not – it's not the carrying either. He's I think, a lot smaller I think than Juju's got to step up to the plate, and Juju's got to start getting as many reps in practice as they're giving Mario Anderson. Um, I had Mario's stats coming in to last week, and I don't. they're in the other bag over here somewhere. But he's not having a great year, even though he's carried the ball 30 times this year. He still only has 200 yards. Now, you throw this game in, he's at 300-something now. But I, I, he's just not the guy that you – got to find us a running back. And it's, it's How long have we got Mario? Is he – what is he? Did he come in as a sophomore or junior? Do you I know think, Stan? I think, this is, I think he'll be back one more year. So I mean, I I don't I don't mind them giving him the ball because he's our best answer at well, the moment. Well, now, now Juju so, had two touchdowns. Uh, Mario's a senior, never mind. So I looked it up. Well, he might have he might have that COVID year still. He might have too, it. Yeah. So. And we got running backs coming in. Yeah. We so do. we got them coming in. But you know, and I'll give X man his money. Uh, defense, I really couldn't find anybody. I I felt like the defense played decent. But we still got to get the big play made. And that there's points. There were points in the game where I, I didn't see any defensive linemen getting hands up in passing lanes when they I felt like they should have. If you're not going to get pressure, get your hands up. But, With that being said, I'm going to ask you about something because there's another guy I've been asking about all year, and that's Nick Harbor. Um, Bill, Bill Cornblue at Touchdown Club last Monday, I thought he, he answered the question very well. We're letting this kid develop into the player. But staying on the defensive side of the ball, this is a guy that is a true freshman. He is 6'5", 241. He's the guy you're talking about getting your hands up. Well, He played defensive world, end. And he's got world-class speed. So Maybe this you know. is where you look at Clayton White and say, hey, let's move him to defense for the rest of the year and see what he does. Uh, because you only you're using sparingly at tight end. I mean, he's only had what two catches, three catches. Um, so let's put him on defense and see how he does there. And so. that's that's you know something that has been talked about and was mentioned. So well, yeah, he had a but, catch for forty five yards. But yeah. I mean, I mean clearly Knox is your tight end right now yeah. in the future for this team. Well, and and so, uh, the other kids and six, Joshua Simon. Simon yeah. yeah. And I had to look him up. I didn't know where who he was, but. To, and and he's, you. He's a big human, too. And you like that. I mean, you yeah. like to have to look at books and, and look it up and see who great players are. So. Well, I think this is a lot of a lot of this is coming from Carolina has just got a boatload of young people. And um, we shot ourselves in the foot. Well, even down there Saturday, we had a fourth and one or two. We called a timeout. We got the play we want. We on the plus side of the field. You go line up. You've been told as offensive linemen, we're going to try to get them to jump, hold your water, and what happens? 
we just let the dam open up. <laughs> and, now, and so now it goes from fourth and one or two to fourth and seven, and you got to punt the ball. Only two penalties in the game for the Gamecocks. So we clap, we'll applaud the fact that we've cut down on some penalties. Yeah. Total yardage is just crazy. 506 for Florida and 465 for the Gamecocks. But like I said, we cut the penalties down, and we're closing in on it. Yep. And right, I will, yeah. I, and we alluded to it a little bit last Thursday with uh, – uh, another shout-out to the Coastal team going up to Boone, winning for the first time, and this was seven tries if you count this one, and came away with a big win, played really smart football at the end. Uh, give them, you know, Sam over 100 he yards. He earned his money. Yep. And he got his and, cash flow. And McCall just keeps doing what McCall does. If this guy, you know, they made mention of it uh, on the – game the other night there's only two players in college football history that have been named their conference mvp for three years in a row one of them was herschel walker at georgia mm-hmm. the next one's grayson mccall at coastal and he could possibly hit four this year so all right other players that earn their money throughout i'll say, I'll say tyler i'll say tyler huffert Perman. Mm-hmm. Big game throwing against Sanford. They won the game 40, uh, 27-21. Uh, and the running back, Dominique um, Roberto, or whatever his name is. Another big game for the Dens. And, and they keep winning, Tom. This is going to be a playoff team. Yeah. And and we can't forget about the kicker from over at PC that won the ball game for him. Yep. And Miko. And that's one that Dabo might be making that phone call to because I'm saying <laughs> that kid, that kid's got a leg. I mean, he's a soccer player just by his name, but and, and that's what it takes. I mean, you got to like that's what I remember about Clemson past. Danny Ford go to that soccer field every afternoon if he didn't have a kicker, and he'd come home with one. Now the soccer coach get mad because he lose a player, but I mean, he always. I mean, what was his name? Uh, Mike. What was the guy's name? Donald Equay, Equay, or something like that. They kicked for Clemson all yeah. those years, but I mean that's where he came from with soccer field. So. All right, other schools uh, when you look at outside of South Carolina, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman definitely had his money this Great weekend. Great game. That was surprised me. That really now, surprised now, me. Now what what so. puts you on alert there, especially if you're a Clemson fan? This was Notre Dame taking on Southern Cal with a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They come into your place in two weeks. You better be ready. <laughs> Well, we'll see which heckle and jive team ends up showing up. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you one more guy because I see my Tiger friends are here at B-Rads uh, right there. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give DJ Uwe a clap, man. He he He's playing like I told you I thought he would. 266 passing, three touchdowns in the game, and they upset UCLA. So, look out. Look out. <laughs> Be ready to do it against Oregon. So, and you got you to talk about that game. Oregon-Washington was one of those end-of-the-world Premier type games. games and, yeah. and it came down to kickers, and Landon said, my kicker's better than yours, and he wasn't. So that's just all you can say. But <laughs> it was a bonehead weekend of coaching. I mean, like I said, Dion makes a, a mistake that he don't know what to make, and Landing just doesn't want points instead of – he wants touchdowns instead of field goals, and we lose by six. That was the game there. I tell you, to me, I watched a lot of football this weekend. The most complete team I saw play this weekend it was two, Penn State and Michigan. Well, And, and that's, that's the all one, I got. That's the one thing that's that we saw with Florida. Florida would take the three. Mm-hmm. They get down there, and it's fourth down. I mean, now, granted, that kicker they got got a leg. I mean, I think he hit three, and all of them are over 50 yards or right at it. You know, 48, 51. 
and he put three points on the board for them. They weren't scared to put him on the field and let him get points. Mm-hmm. I knew he you did got... get one blocked, but yeah. uh, still, you know, to hit, I think he hit three or four, and every one of them were, there were no short ones in the bunch. Like I said, that was, the, to me, Washington Oregon was the game. If you missed it, you missed offense galore, which I love. Uh, and I would thought it would be a little different. I thought it would be uh, defensive, more of a defensive game with the defensive Washington and Oregon guy. But uh, Bo Nick's great game. Yep. Mike Pennish Jr. probably surpasses Caleb Williams for the Heisman right off the bat. And uh, like I said, good week of college football. Georgia survives. Uh, even at Vandy and, and the swaying scoreboard up there on the crane, which they got to do something about that. But, <laughs> but you got some great games coming up this week, and I'm sure there will be some chaos involved in them. So. All right, we'll have Chris's right. chaos coming up on Thursday. That should be a lot of fun. We'll run down previews for the games this coming Friday night uh, in around the Lakelands as well. Of course, our game of the week, we can tell you already, going to be Greenwood uh, hosting Greenville. The Red Raiders taking on your Eagles. You're going to want to be there in full force and be loud and proud for those Eagles. Uh, you know they Friday will, night. buddy. Because I'm telling you, they have been loud and proud. They've taken over every Wake Stadium we've oh, been to. The venues, they, the Greenwood crowd has taken it over. We saw it at Maria easily. We saw it again the other night. They were loud across the way. Uh, and, and basically shut the cowbells down at Westside. So, uh, Adam, quiet for it'll a be quarter fun. and a half. It'll be fun. All right, we're at Howard's on Main. Come on by, see Howard and his staff. They do a great job. Happy hour gets underway at 4 o'clock around here. So B-Rad will have everything up and running for you. Um, uh, hopefully by, uh, well, sometime this week, all the folks from, from the crews will be back. That'll be It'll be even louder yeah. here. Going with stories to tell. And, and, and I, I think all the Shriners are coming in this weekend for a big statewide hoopla. So we'd love to have a crowd in here come Thursday. Oh, it should be loud. And looking forward to it. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you this Friday night. Make sure to tune in as well on Thursday. And tell your friends we are the Lakeland Sports Guys. That's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll's coach, Dan Spivey. Have a great week, everybody.